What's up, everyone? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to the Fat Fit Freedom Podcast, episode number 16. Brandon, what's up, Mr. Anderson? How are we doing today? Great, man. It's a nice Friday. We're back at it. Always love this time of the day. Yes. No, no, no. Love doing this. And fortunately, we would have had an episode, uh, previous episode uh, 16. Actually, no, it's technically episode 15. Let me rephrase that because we tried to do 15 last week when Brandon wasn't here. And unfortunately, that didn't go exactly as planned. So we got 15 this time. Jamie's coming back at some point that we can redo what we were doing last week. But that's okay. We are on to to newer topics uh, and I shouldn't say better things because Jamie and I, we were jamming. Jamie's the but man. For, Jamie yeah. is the man. Shout out Jamie Conley. Yep. Uh, but for today, got another lovely topic to give everybody. And this is something that's been on my mind a lot when it comes to building, uh, building not just bodies, but building a lifestyle. Because that's what health and fitness really is at the end of the day. It is a lifestyle that you live. Yep. And one of the things that pops to mind in my mind is the phrase that I think I'm pretty sure I just made this up when I was when I was typing all this up is that strong in some ways is boring, right? Strong is boring. And what I mean by that is there is a lot of glamour that comes with fitness, obviously because of how our bodies look and how aesthetic bodies look. And even with the glorification of women working out with their working out their asses for bigger butts even with which is glorification, nothing wrong with that. Okay, let's say that. Nothing, that's a good point. Nothing wrong with that. Even with the glorification of the gym bros in there, like trying to make gains in the gym. I could do a few, few, uh, a little bit less of those. (laughs) This is facts. But at the end of the day, strong is boring because what does getting strong and healthy come back to? It comes back to not just habits in the gym, but it comes back to repetition. It comes back to doing things over and over and over again to not just create a habit, but it's the continuing process of doing this over an extended period of time, which in a lot of ways is tedious, is monotonous, is doing the same thing over and over again. Now, some may reference and think that in terms of meal prepping, only steamed broccoli and chicken every single day. Yeah, that's fucking boring. Like, yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. That, if, if that is your lifestyle... That's completely boring, and you actually pr- should probably stop uh, meal prepping like that. There's a lot of better ways you can meal prep, uh, so you can actually enjoy the food that you taste. But the repetition of exercise, of being mindful of your diet, these things can get tiring after a while, especially if you're new to it. Now, athletes on one hand, Brandon knows this firsthand, like for the most part, you guys do the same things every day right. when you're training, right. don't you? Yeah, you have to instill... Uh, not only habits, but good habits and practicing those habits over and over definitely help you um, get into a state of, and I know you're going to talk about this a little bit later, but unconscious, like an unconscious ritual. Sure. Um, things from uh, backpedaling the right way in football or yep. uh, the way your swing or your you, the way you finish your swing in baseball. Uh, and then I'll, I'll even go as far as uh, quoting the great Bruce Lee. Would you rather practice uh, one kick a thousand times or a thousand kicks one time. Yeah. Um, so that I, I, I try to have that type of perspective when training myself um, and when, you know, trying to instill good habits in, in athletes and, and players and people I train. 
Oh no, that's that's a fantastic reference. I love that Bruce Lee reference. Any Bruce Lee oh, reference yeah. is a that's fantastic quote. And that's that's so true. And one of the things with this also is when you can look at someone's body, or when you can look at someone's performance and think, wow, like how are you so good? How you got so good really quickly, especially if you haven't seen someone in a long time. But with these type of things, it's important to keep in mind that success doesn't happen overnight, but success happens at night. Right. For sure with the things that you're doing each day, day in, day out. And a lot of times it's what people don't see. As cliche as that sounds when it comes to success, when it comes to your body and performance, it completely applies. And it's the same thing. Like people aren't going to see you taking the time to cook all your meals. People aren't going to see you taking the time to, maybe it's like write out an exercise, like all do all this research for your exercise for yourself, for the personal program that you want to build for yourself. People aren't going to see all the time that you take in terms of even just preparation uh, for your day, whether it's like getting up in the morning, especially if like, I mean, we know this if, if you've, if you've dated any, any woman before, but right. Like sometimes like women will take longer to get ready in the day. People don't see that a lot of time. They just see this woman that sets out like, damn, she looked fine. Like right. she is gorgeous, but mm -hmm. you don't know how long it took for her to get ready. Like there's just certain aspects of people's lives and of your life that others just aren't going to see. And you really have to be okay with all that, that isn't shown to the public, all that, that isn't shown when you step outside your doors, everything that happens that the most important things that happen, happen in house. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to elaborate, uh, not only the decisions you do make, but the decisions uh, you don't make. Uh, like sure, like you know, having that thing you know you shouldn't have, or or cheating yourself um, in some peripheral aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, saying no and then saying yes is is just as important. No, for sure, and that's super important when building habits is being able to say no. It's it's doing what you doing what you know you need to do, maybe not what you want to do. Yep at the end of the day plenty of things that we want to do oh all the time like like i honestly i don't want to wake up i don't want to get out of my bed every morning mm -hmm. i love sleeping i'm obsessed yeah. with with the act of sleeping i don't actually like to go to sleep but once i'm there like i really don't want to move but you got to get up you got to get up you got to work to do people yeah. got bills to pay and everything like right. that as well like there's so many things that we don't want to do and, and unfortunately a lot of times that comes back to exercise where plenty of people don't want to exercise. They know they need to exercise. They don't want to. And too often that want outweighs the need. And many choose to not do that. But if you really think to yourself, hey, like these are the changes that I want. These are the gains I need to make. Then you just have to suck it up for a little bit and understand that there's little sacrifices that are going to have to be made. And because success doesn't happen overnight, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your time because that's what everything always ends up coming back to is us sacrificing our time for some reward. Yeah. That is the one trade-off that always exists is you sacrificing time for some reward. And that's where the, the unconscious ritual aspect that Brandon had referred to comes in because we go through so many unconscious rituals every single day. And we don't even know that that's what they are. This could be brushing your teeth morning and evening, this could, this could even just be the act of double checking to see if you've locked your, your door when you leave. Uh, yep. Like it just becomes unconscious and becomes habit, maybe even triple checking. But the unconscious, the unconscious habit of and the unconscious ritual of exercise and 
watching what you eat, watching what you put in your mouth, these can also be built into that also. It just is going to take a little bit more time in the beginning to build those because you have to be a little, you have to be conscious of that in the beginning for it to be an unconscious ritual as time goes on. Does that make sense, everyone? I hope that makes sense. And the, ha the habitual part of this, as repetitive as it may sound, most of the habits that we end up building, they do become like oxygen. They do become like second nature. For example, why do we, when we go to the bathroom, why do a lot of us lock the door? I mean, maybe some people don't, but like you're probably plenty of people lock yeah, the door. Yeah, like, you're probably used to it. That's something that, you know, makes you feel safe. Yeah, for sure. Or even, uh, especially when we understand there's a consequence, it could be even locking your car. Yep. All right. What is the consequence of not locking your car? People breaking into your car and stealing your shit and theft. Well, what's the consequence of not exercising regularly? Not eating the right way. Gaining weight, not being happy with your body. You have to make everything part of your lifestyle at some point. And a lot of people talk about making fitness and making health part of their lifestyle. But with most things, people are just talking and they're just talking heads and they're not really actually about that life because in using an exercise reference, progressive overload is something that's super important. We're not just with building muscle, but it's important when it comes to building habits because and just to give people an idea, if you don't know what progressive overload is, it's just increasing volume over a period of time. You can understand how that can be referenced towards weight, increasing weight volume over time so you can get stronger and so you can measure your progress um, of strength. The same thing totally applies to athletics with yeah. sports, yep. progressive overload. And uh, in, in Brandon context in terms of baseball, actually, what would be an example of baseball? I probably wouldn't get the best, the best example of that. Well, continue to work on uh, different pitches. Um, sure. different approaches or uh, working on your swing, uh, just, you know, off the tee, off the tee, off the tee, outside, off the tee, off the mm. tee, off the tee, high tee, high tee, high tee, high tee, um, continuing to add more uh, tools in your tool belt, basically. Yeah. And then the same thing applies to diet and exercise as well. You can't come in thinking that you're going to set the world on fire. That's actually why most people fail when it comes to, let's say, losing weight, losing body fat, is because they try and change everything all at once. You really have to compartmentalize and break things down step by step. So if you haven't never really made exercise a part of your daily life, try, this is actually what I said to a few people last week, minimum, start at the bare minimum and just build off that three times a week, at least 30 minutes. If someone can't find a way to exercise at least three times a week for 30 minutes, you really need to reevaluate your entire life. Simple. Like that, there's no excuse for that. Even five times, five days a week, 15 minutes at a time. Even break that down even more because volume and vo uh, frequency is more important than volume in this case. Now, what would you say to someone that said, okay, I could put uh, one day a week uh, for, for two hours? Yeah. Uh, so again, that's from, from what I just said, like the frequency over volume, if you had to pick one, both are important. Frequency is what's most important for it first, because that's what builds the habit. Yeah. Frequency builds the habit here. Volume is what progresses that habit yes. is what evolves that that's where that progressive overload comes in. But the repetition, the frequency, the repetitiveness of this process of these steps 
that is the most vital thing that you can do in the beginning. And so even at the very least five, uh, five days, 15 minutes at a time, do some AMRAPs, do some quick wads for a CrossFit reference there. And you can make some physical gains for sure. I think one of the, one of the things with that happens with athletes is in the off season, people just, you just don't end up, a lot of plenty of athletes don't end up training in the off season. Like yeah. anything, they stop. But even those. Or even that, during the season too. Yes. Yeah, during the season just <laughs> as much. That's actually, that's, that's totally true. Even during the season. Like I know I'm feeling that actually from Ninja because I basically took two months off from July and August. Crushing it. Like you were crushing it right did, before that. Didn't do anything. Yep. I was like, you know what? This is my off season right now. And let me tell you, worst fucking thing I could have done. Now, July was a little different. I was traveling. I was the most traveling I've done was in Korea, in Maryland. Like it was, I really spent like one week here, right? Uh, in Mass. Um, Both of us. <laughs> no, that's true. And then you were, yeah. yeah, you had a crap ton of traveling too. Um, and so other than that, but August wasn't really as much of, of an excuse. I totally am feeling that now as Ninja season, competitive season is coming back. Um, and so speaking from personal experience and then observation, even taking time off, it's important to keep doing little habits because even like. Myself, like July, basically stopped. Hmm. I probably worked out three times in July, and like then legitimately. How times. do you get it going after those long breaks? Is it a struggle for you? Is it something uh, you know you look forward to getting back, uh, getting back after it, or is it is it a progression, a slow progression? <sighs> oh, it's definitely a progression getting back because because mentally, someone like myself, I was like, oh, let me just try and jump back back into what I was doing. And that ended real quick when the delayed onset muscle soreness a few days later was like, hey, Chris, go fuck yourself. Like, you're not going to be able to walk today. And so yeah. that wasn't that fun. I had to ease back into everything. And it, it, was, it was very important. But for, for many others, not even uh, maybe not even at that point, maybe you're just <laughs> starting out trying to build something like don't again, don't try and set the world on fire. You need to start small because that's how any program is structured. Every single thing that you, even with school, it's not like you go in there. It's not like I could be, if I'm, let's say I'm 16 years old and I'm, I've never had any type of formal education like that. They're not going to stick me right into like AP classes or, oh, like high school example. students or anything. Yep. They're, they're probably not even going to stick me into, into college level classes. Like probably give you some type of send, send me. Yeah, like they'll probably give me some type of assessment. They honestly may may even recommend me going to some type of like more private schooling <laughs> in that sense if I've never ever had any type of formal education. Get a tutor. Yeah. Like there's 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 levels to this that need to, to take place. And those DOMs is is why we see people start fast <laughs> and then completely tail off or stop or uh, yeah. that ends up being the wall for a lot of people, delayed onset most for of the sure. Um, because people get in the gym, they try to crush it, then their body hurts and it hurts for a week because, yep. you know, they haven't been able to get back into it or that the motivation's left because their body's hurting. Uh, and then it ends up restarting that cycle all over again. Uh, so don't let, uh, don't let Dom's stop you get, you know, you got to push through it and you got to find the right way for your body to recover. And here, well, here's the things about Dom's too is many think doms is like a great thing. Oh my God, I've been so sore. Well, actually there's two different perspectives. There's the, oh my God, I was so sore. Like, I love it. Like I miss, like I miss this. There's people yep. like yeah, crazy fanatic like that. And then there's people like, oh my God, I was sore. F I was sore for like four days. That was terrible. Like I never want to do this again. Yep. <laughs> Regardless of wherever you lie on that, 
spectrum. DOMS, even though it exists, it actually really isn't a good thing mm. for your body. Because if you have such a, a delayed set on, of muscle soreness where three days have gone by and you're struggling to move. Still hanging. Yeah, like it's still struggling to maybe lift your arms or your legs are still sort of walking around. You probably overdid it. In fact, no, you definitely overdid it. Like exercise isn't supposed to incapacitate you. <laughs> yeah, it should be. It should it's be. okay to be a little bit sore. That's what happened with tearing muscle fibers and creating adaptations on a cellular level. But you should still be able to go about your daily life and not have to worry about reaching up to open a cabinet or something. Like, or right. not like, or not bending down to pick up your backpack just because you worked out. Just because, exactly should make that stuff easier. Yeah, uh, as opposed to the opposite. Uh, no. Oh, for sure. Like there's the, the attitude when it comes to exercise of going balls to the wall is prevalent, which is a good thing. But the extreme part of that is doing that at all times, even if you're just starting out, like there needs to be a progression with that. Or if you're someone like myself, it's having the awareness where, Hey, it's been some time. Don't try and do what you were doing before because that, you and the you physically right now are two completely different people. Like there has to be some awareness that comes with this understanding where you're at. And of course, like when it, again, referencing progressive overload, frequency, volume, if you've been exercising for some time, then yeah, you can increase your volume. And instead of exercising for 30 minutes, exercise for 45 or an hour and see how that goes. If, if an hour is, or if 30 minutes has gotten easy. When it comes to your nutrition, if you are really great at making a shake in the morning, awesome. Yes. Maybe try meal prepping now. Add in a little different dynamic to it. Maybe if right, if you need if you know you need more vegetables in the morning, or if you know you need more vegetables anyway, because we need seven to nine. If you didn't know that, start small. Try adding one or two one or two extra each day. Don't try and eat seven to nine each day. Add one or two extra in. It's these little things it's getting a little bit better every day not trying to be the obviously trying to be your best self but how you become that is getting a little bit better every single day and not starting with the hardest thing possible like yeah no. introduce a vegetable don't don't make it some exotic <laughs> vegetable uh just because you heard it uh you know it, it, you can barely yeah you don't oh know how God. to season it whatever just you know start with some broccoli uh some you know something simple something Spinach. you like yeah exactly like, like yeah, start. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what I oh, what I what I posted, uh, what I said. But like, uh, um, oh, it was it was referencing like uh, like people with cheat meals, right? When when people feel like they they had a cheat meal and they feel really bad, people feel like they're. I said this in a post. I was like, people feel like they're married to kale. Like they feel really bad when they have like a pizza or something. Yeah. Like like all right like relax for a second even with everything that we're saying like a lot of things are saying it's really not as big a deal as we probably make it seem like in your mind like this is why we say don't try and do everything at once right right <laughs> right like you don't don't be married to any one single way of doing things right where fine you can find consistency with it for sure but which things, is a good thing. Things change. New information. Yeah. Uh, information you know, changes to the all the time. Yes. Like, make adjustments. Like, look, 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 yeah, just for what we do. Like, look, looks, looks what I can't, can I, can I not talk? Look what has happened. Here we go. 
with athletics oh, yeah. and with sports, how that has evolved over time with new information. You guys ever see what athletic training videos look like 30 or 40 years ago? Like, it's comical. Yeah. Like, it really feels like it's staged comedy seeing some of these people train. And the thing is, uh, even from the time I was in high school till now, uh, things have changed so much. And it's laughable what, what we were doing to prepare, uh, you know, playing sports and uh, even the physical, uh, even the hypertrophy uh, aspect of training that we that we considered um, functional or necessary then has has absolutely changed um, just in the 15 years uh, since I since I've been in high school and in college as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, one thing I want to s- switch to and segue to is, based on everything we just said, structuring a program around this in terms of beginning to end, what are like the little things someone can do? Right? We heard this great building a habit. Well, how can I apply this practically? Uh, first, I'd want to say, Brandon, if you were working with an athlete, how would you describe to them how, you, how they should structure their training for them? First, uh... I would talk to them about what what's realistic, um, you know, people's first first life, you know, like what what's realistic based off your life, what's what's realistic based off of things you've had success with before, um, yeah. and then you know what what their motivation is. So it's hard for people to uh, develop some type of habit or routine or implement some type of new structured uh, program into their life if. One, they've never <clears throat> had any structure in their life before or have never experienced any type of consistency mm-hmm. um, with one thing, whether it's a uh, sport or a, you know, some type of outside program, whatever it is. So um, first, the person in their personality would, would be the, the primary um, focus in, in creating some type of structured program. And then, you know, whatever their goals are. Uh, so some people's goals are more lofty than others um, in understanding what's achievable for you um, really will set up the, whether it's a progressive overload or a foundation type program, um, what they're capable of and and whether or not they can really attack it. Uh, But the person is really, I think the, the most important um, uh, piece of information that you have to get in order to create an effective program for somebody or some type of structured um, approach to training. Uh, There's so many variables when people start on programs that it's, it's, you have to take in what the uh, speed bumps could be or what could be, uh, you know, the, the hardest aspects of implementing a program along with, you know, what the most enjoyable parts are. And, trying to combine and find some type of middle ground to incorporate both so that the person is not working around their obstacles, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nonstop, because, you know, if you shouldn't feel awful, if you just miss one, one opportunity to get better, whether it's a session, whether it's a a meal or whatever the case is, it's, it's really how you bounce back from it and how you make up for it. um, That, that really counts. But, you know, someone's, you know, lack has a, has a, is consistently not getting enough sleep, well, then that's going to affect, you know, major aspects of, of their program and the type of results they get and the, the, their stress levels. Um, and so if they're not seeing results and they have all these 
um, outside factors that are contributing to just one thing yeah. that they're trying to do or one goal that they have, then it's going to be really difficult. So, you know, I think setting people up for success based off of uh, their enjoyments, uh, things that they don't enjoy, and then just their general perception of, of whatever they're trying to achieve uh, it should be taken into account first. Uh, and with a kid, you know, their parents fill their cabinets, their parents <laughs> fill their fridge. For sure. Um, then they go to school and, you know, there's a lot of things you can't control in those type of situations. You just got to take what you can't control and, and try to attack it the best way that that person knows how and the best way that they're willing um, and capable of. Uh, but it, I don't think there's any easy way uh, to implement new routines or habits into your uh, daily life unless you, you've really set it up in that way. Uh, I see some kids do it during the summertime. I'm sure yeah. you've worked with kids during the summer where they're able to like bang, bang, yeah, bang, yeah, get yeah. after it. And that's like one of the best things that, <laughs> that you can really um, experience or be a part of as a trainer. But when, uh, you know, kids are, well, they say they want to dunk by, <laughs> by January and then they start working out in September and then you see them three times the first week, once the second week, twice the third week, and then the fourth week they they go to you know um, Florida to visit grandma, and then they come <laughs> back two weeks later, and you're like, oh wow, you can't jump anymore. Why oh, are you surprised? Yeah. So you know, set them up and and just be realistic based off of uh, you know what you're capable <laughs> of and what <laughs> you know what you have access to. It's tough. Oh uh, no, that's that's so true. You really got to be realistic with this. And so in terms of starting small, here, here's something that I mean by that. I think many that have ever exercised before could understand. There's been so many people that I have seen in a gym setting try and squat weight that they have no business touching in trying to squat. None. Zero. At all. Like whether it is having a huge butt wink whether it is not having the ankle mobility to get down, and so mm. and so their their feet are kind of caving in. Whether their knees, they could have knocked knees or valgus knee like caving in as well. They they probably don't even they don't even have the hip mobility to get down. So it's more like a huge three hundred pound back extension oh, baby. that they're doing instead. The amount of people that are squatting weight that they have no business squatting is is really just a number that I don't even want to start thinking about because it gives me a freaking headache. It, it is, it is abnormally high. It's scary. Uh, it's, it's not efficient. Mm -mm. It's unproductive and um, it's hilarious. Yep. Uh. <laughs> no, true. Like in people, and another example that falls in line with this, people that you may be using like a, a belt or knee sleeves or anything, you should only be using those things. If you are going for maximal lifts, if you are lifting your body weight, don't fucking put those on. Like you look like an asshole. All right, one one moment, guys. Camera just turn off. We're gonna turn that on. Hold that. Look like an asshole comment. And we're back on. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you look like an asshole. Yep. If you're wearing those things, you're gonna feel like an asshole. You're gonna feel like one. And there's no point to it. Like, don't. That, that's more of a mental block if you're wearing those at that point. If you now, if you're going for maximal lifts and you're going for four, five hundred, six hundred pounds. Yeah, actually, you should probably use those for the support because um, that is such a, a stressful load on your body. But other than that, you don't really need those things. But to come back to how I started with that. So many 
people can't actually support weight that they're squatting. In fact, the majority of people can't even support a proper squatting movement. Mm. Uh, body weight. Yeah, body weight movement, ass to grass type of movement. Whether their hamstrings are too tight, which is contributing to their to their butt wink. People don't know by that. Look that up. Google it. You'll see what I mean. Uh, whether they don't have, again, proper hip and glute engagement, where they're not even engaging their glutes. Jamie and I, I talk about this all the time. People not engaging their glutes when they squat up. They're not standing fully straight up. Plenty of people cannot do a regular bodyweight squat movement, but they're trying to load on weight. So asking a trainer, how would you actually fix that? Well, here's how you would structure a program. This is how this would progress very, very quickly based off that. And this is just using a squat as an example, but you can use this for anything exercise related that you're trying to build off of. It is breaking it down and it is also having zero ego. Yes, when it comes to this yes. because ego having ego when it comes to exercise and when it comes to building a body is the quickest way to never actually get there and never be satisfied with what you're building for yourself so in breaking down a squat one thing that i have plenty of clients do is either a using a trx or suspension machine to help squat again to the movement or b doing a seated squat from a seated position mm. and standing up as if you're standing up off a toilet. That's right. As stupid as that sounds, as simple as that sounds, it works. And if you don't believe me, try put try off like a step in your house, sitting down on the lowest one and stand up. If you can do that easy, great. Nine out of 10 people I do that with and have them sit, sitting at a low seated position have such a difficult time standing up. It actually makes me laugh. Yeah. yeah because yeah. many look at that and they're like, oh, pff, this is easy. Why the fuck are you having me do this, Chris? Like, yeah. I'm not paying you all this money to have you sit up, stand up. <laughs> and they can't do it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they have a difficult time doing it. And so that's one way to break that down. But here's how this applies. Now, you, many can use a TRX, many can build off that pretty quickly. It's like, it's such a fundamental and the most basic of movements to start with. But if you're trying to load on weight and you're just building, you're just building some leg strength, well, you can do a goblet squat, which is a variation of a front squat from that seated position. So now you're adding on resistance. Now you're adding on that load. Now you're adding on uh, another strength building aspect and, and variable to that simple regression of a squat. And what these build up into is giving you the strength where maybe you, hopefully you can do a proper body weight squat on your own, but to then when you can start adding extra weight, too many people try and add weight too quickly. Right. You should not, you should feel so, you should have to master something before you move on to the next. Like touching your toes. Good example. <laughs> A lot of people can't even touch their toes. Like eighty percent of people can't touch their toes and want to squat three hundred pounds. It's not um, happening. Let's dial it back. Yeah. Let's touch the toes. Yeah. You know, and then and then let's start to uh, add some some slight uh, load progressions on on after that. Sure. Uh, but you know, it, it's very. What's going to be more uh, conducive to you living a healthy, happy life? Um, squatting three hundred pounds or being able to easily touch your toes uh, every day. Exactly. Um, you know, one might set you back a long way, and the other is only going to help you uh, increase opportunity and uh, uh, the 
availability of your body to be able to perform, uh, whether it's a minor task or something uh, more advanced. Oh, sure. Like, like many are too obsessed with like looking cool or looking strong. Many are too obsessed with looking the part, not actually being the part, not actually being the person that they have in mind. They want to look like it. Like there's, you know what I've been actually teaching too. It's like now I, I have clients, if they can support it, I do, do front squats way more often than I have them do back squats. Why? Because think, can you give me a scenario where the human body is having a huge extra weighted load on their back? No, that doesn't exist. We're never carrying two, 300 pounds on our back ever, but we are carrying things in front of our body all the time. Yep. We do all our movement most for the most part is linear. Yeah. Number one. And it's better for your core and it's better for posture yes. and less of a load on your back. If you're doing front squats now, are they a little more difficult? I would probably say, yeah, to try and learn yeah. to, to do, but that's just, that's just starting out. That's with anything learning to do, but um, it's just starting at the beginning, starting building off of something small. And what many don't understand is progress happens way quicker than you think. Like you can't look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I'm 250 pounds. I'm not 200 pounds yet. Well, no but, crap. You know, yeah, no shit. That's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen in a month. But you can look at yourself in the mirror every week and be like, oh, I'm down another two. I'm down another three. I'm down another pound. I'm down. These little goals add up. Easier to tie your shoe. It's yeah. easier to get up out of bed in the For morning. For sure. And I had a client today even tell me uh, she's felt like she's had a, a, a little more pep in her step. Uh, yeah. The results haven't actually, I haven't even showed her for the last few, uh, four weeks, uh, what her weight is, what her body fat percentage is. I just want her to first feel good about what she's doing before you add some type of uh, variable in there that could then change her complete perspective on the good things that she really is doing. Um, so those, those little things like that you're talking about are, uh, sometimes the biggest difference makers and what allow you to kind of keep attacking each day, uh, you know, whatever you're getting after. Yeah, definitely. Like even the measures of success, they're not, they're not all the same. No, no, not at all. Weight isn't the only measure of success when it comes to your body and when it comes to athletic performance. It's how do you actually perform? How do you actually move? I know for myself, uh, one of the biggest things that I measure is my conditioning. I actually, I don't care as much. I mean, I do care how strong, like strong I am, but do I get tired doing these things, doing mm -hmm. certain things? If I can't make it through parts of the workout like that or parts of a workout that I'm doing that lets me know that my conditioning is lax yep. or it's not where it needs to be. And that bothers me a lot. That has nothing to do with my weight. Easy indicators. Like they all, now they all may parallel that. Like a lot of your goals, a lot of these different uh, marks of progress are probably parallel with each other where they correlate, but that doesn't mean they all have to be the same amongst everybody Right. where everyone can be making progress, but your progress for someone may be losing 10 pounds. Someone, another person, another person's progress may be adding on 10 pounds to their bench or adding on 10 pounds to their deadlift. Yeah. Some another measure of progress could be now they can touch their toes. Yeah. Each. In even someone else's measure of progress could be, hey, I had a serving of vegetables every single day this week. Boom, that's a win. Like, that's a huge win. That has nothing to do with weight. In fact, you may not even lost weight. 
Right. But that habit is something that you can build off of that's going to contribute to losing a lot of weight in the very near future. Clutch. Like even same thing, just to touch on that real quick with, with people's diets, because I talk about nutrition a lot with people. I don't dive as, as deep into it. I only do that with clients. But nutrition, it's the same thing like with exercise. Like you have to, you have to increase the frequency of what you're doing but not the volume so quickly. You can't move mountains uh, and you can't reward the marathon by only doing the sprint in the beginning. Cool, you had, and for me saying what I just said, like let's say you had like a, a serving of vegetables each day, like one serving of vegetables for a week straight. Great. Now what that doesn't mean is, wow, I did a great job and Let's say you only did it for that week. And then the next week you had three days out of the seven that you had one serving of vegetables. You can't be like, oh, but last week I actually did it for the entire week. Doesn't fucking matter because we're not living in the past. We're not living in last week. We're living in right now. What are you doing right now? Yeah, like, build on it. Build on it. You have to build on it all the time. Yep. All the time. Yeah, the amount of people that I've talked to that have said to me, <laughs> that have come back from a vacation and have been like, or come back from anywhere and been like, oh my God, I didn't exercise. But you know, I did have a salad that oh, one night. Oh, great. Wow. Great. Round of applause for you. Yeah, forget about the salad. I'm glad you could pick out that one singular moment. Move that ass. <laughs> and that is like, and like, that's not to sound mean or anything, but yeah. it's like, like, we got, like, just being real here, like, you got to build off your progress somehow. You got to build off your consistency somehow. And it's it's great. To, and it's very important to reward behavior changes with oh, yourself. I love that. Like, I love that. It's important to reward them. Yeah. But what are you rewarding them with? Exactly. It Like a little pat on the back for yourself. Like, hey, man, I'm kind of, I'm proud of myself today. Like I did this. Great. Cool. That's how you reward little, little, um, uh, behavioral changes. Now, big behavioral changes was like, hey, this entire month. I actually ate like four servings of four servings of fruits and vegetables each day. Cool. Now that you could probably celebrate a little bit larger, mm -hmm. right? Because that lasted an entire month. It wasn't yeah, just yeah. something you did for the day or the week. Pop open a bottle. Enjoy it. Yeah, you earned it. Yeah, have a cup. Have a couple extra glasses of wine. Cool. But what that doesn't mean is now have a couple extra glasses of wine every single day. <laughs> right. And cheeseburgers. Yeah, like this. <laughs> you you gotta contextualize all of your rewards and all of these moments because that's what's going to keep you from falling off track. And that's what also is going to keep a person from spiraling down the rabbit hole of, oh my God, I was making all this progress and now I just ruined all this progress. Mm -hmm. Now all of it's gone. No, it didn't disappear either. <laughs> like just, you, you, no, sorry. To, to jump on, uh, kind of uh, piggyback on what you're saying, uh, introducing these new things is a lot easier um, and way more fun when you have somebody to do it with. Oh, for um, sure. So if you are challenging yourself to, to make adjustments, um, find somebody um, in a similar situation or somebody that motivates you uh, or challenges your, your, your thoughts um, and, and then do it with them, you know, so that you do have someone or something holding you accountable uh, to yep. achieve uh, it, whatever your mind is set to. And also so that you have a, uh, a different perspective on, you know, what two people are both doing. 
so then you guys can collaborate on adjustments or uh, if you guys are doing the same thing and seeing different results, then you can kind of figure out why the, why that's happening and then, uh, you know, where you guys can attack it in, in a different light. No, definitely. I think that's uh, that's going to be a great point to which we're going to close be doing this out. Soon. Yeah, that's going to be a great point to close this out is a lot of this all becomes easier when, you, when you're doing with someone. I think we referenced this in an early podcast and we can definitely talk about this a lot more and, and others coming up. But when you're doing these things with another person or even a group or the community aspect yes. of fitness, like it's so powerful because it really just helps keep you accountable too. I know as a as a fitness professional, I, I joke with I actually just joke with the client that I just that I just started working with too. It's it's people pay us for accountability. Right. At the end of the day. Right. People pay us for accountability, which is fine, which is which is great. Because everyone, let's be honest, like that's really what it is yeah. for, for many. Showing up. Um, but you can find that with friends. You can find that within a new gym that you go to, like a, a more private one, right? Or just within the community. Like the community aspect of fitness is what honestly produces a lot of results as well. Because it keeps people motivated, uh, gets you around other like-minded individuals. And, you know, when you're around a tribe, mm-hmm. the tribal aspect of Anything accomplished is so powerful. Love what was the book? What was the book? Tribes. I'm not familiar with. Is it Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell? That it is. I'm probably getting this wrong. Oh, uh, Tribe of Mentors. Right? There's a few books yeah. references. Tribes. Uh, Tim Ferriss uh, has a book, uh, Tribe of Mentors, that kind of takes that same angle and mm. uh, talks about different uh, habits, rituals, routines that people have. Um, who've been successful in, in different areas and how they implement these um, little habits and cheats and tools into their life. And sure. uh, absolutely, I've taken that as a huge, um, that's played a huge role in my life, that book, um, in terms of things that I've, and adjustments that I've made. Uh, but absolutely, find your community, even if it's uh, a, a book, a community that's in a book or a yeah. community that's, you know, uh, online, I'm sure you can find people like-minded that 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 want to crush things too. Definitely, for sure. Um, you got anything else, Brandon? No, I'm just uh, based on that. I'm, I'm pumped uh, about our challenge that's coming up. Yeah. So, uh, if, uh, Brandon and I it, really, Brandon's suggestion. I was like, "Yo, I'm down for that." Uh, we are going to. If you're down to start, we can start Monday. Yeah. If you want to start? We are going to go on an extended fast. How many days do you want to do? Three, four. I think I would like to shoot for four. Uh, three would be, I would feel good with. Okay, because we've been doing, I mean, I intermittent fast four or five days a week. Brandon does it a couple times a week, About I think. six, yeah. Six, you do it six days a week? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, we And we were just listening to something. He put me on to this um, doctor talking about uh, the benefits of an extended fast over right. a three to four day period. And so we're going to experiment on our own bodies yep. and see what that is all about. And I think we're going to come on next week and talk about it. Yeah. Let's get those so, stems. So that'll be working. fun. I think I'm also going to see next week. We'll see if Jamie can come back on the show. And we had a little trouble having him yeah. come on last week. So we'd love to have him come on uh, again. Other than that, we have a couple other guests we're working, um, bringing on the next few weeks. And if you don't get anything else for anyone, everyone, thank you for listening again. And we'll see you next week. Have a great one. Appreciate y'all.